This is the last public address that Jesus gives before he goes to the cross. He's going to speak to other people in smaller groups and in private. But at this point, the crowd is still there. And it says that he cried out and said. That word cried out is the same word that uh, is used whenever it describes what he did at Lazarus's tomb when he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. And so this, his final address, he said with such emphasis, he's yelling, trying to get people's attention for the last time and making it clear that he is the light of the world And he came to save the world from darkness. And the Gospel of John begins with uh, uh, the same statement. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now that word comprehend, it's a word we all ought to know. It basically means to get it. The darkness of the world didn't get what Jesus Christ was all about. Just didn't get it. They thought they did. They had all sorts of ideas. And we talked about filters and how we all have these preconceived things. And Jesus came to set the record straight. And he came God in the flesh. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, We saw a couple of weeks ago, he's referred to, and he referred to himself as the Son of Man, the only begotten Son of God. And then it goes on, and it says, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then it goes on, it says, John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, Now this, listen to this. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, He has explained Him. The Son of Man revealed, made clear, who God is, or who, you know, who his father was, and made it clear 
what his father wanted. And he makes sure, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. There's no doubt. And I am here to explain all this stuff to you. And he did. He came to bring light and he was a light come into a dark world. And I want to talk to you, lift out three things in this passage this morning. First of all, light. And Jesus is the light. Next, judgment. And then, darkness. And how dreadful darkness is. Now then, first of all, light. Jesus says he is the light of the world. And he says, if you walk in my light, you're going to have the right kind of light. As I was reading this and praying about it this past week, I remembered an experience I had when I was probably about 16, just about Ian's age. And uh, I uh, uh, was raising hogs at that time. And uh, we lived downtown and uh, we had a a uh, home on the edge of town, a country house. It was kind of a farmhouse sort of a thing. And we wound up ultimately moving out there and living there. But at this point in time, I had my, my hog pen out, at the, out in the country place. And so uh, I would go out there and take care of my hogs every day, make sure they had feed. And, and so uh, I was going, I went out there, took a friend with me one night. And we went out there to make sure that the hog feeder had plenty of feed in it. And my hog was gone. My, I had one hog at that time. No, wait, I had two and one was gone. And uh, I didn't know where my hog went. I, just, I could see tracks heading out a certain direction. So I grabbed a flashlight that I had out of the glove compartment. And my friend and I took out tracking down this hog. And just as the tracks uh, hit the road and went away, we heard a rustling out in the woods to the side of the dirt road. And so we began to follow the sound and uh, using the light to make sure we didn't stumble. Now you've got to understand, this is just outside of Cleveland, Texas. It was the San Jacinto River bottom. It was full of every, you know, all four kinds of poisonous snakes that you find around there. They were there on our property. Uh, it was thick. Briar brambles, uh, blackberry bramble, or anyway, bushes grew up over uh, piles of brush and uh, in thickness. It was just uh, really thick. And so we had to kind of pick our way through with this light. And we'd walk away, and then we'd listen away listen for a while and we could hear the rustling on down sound like our hog but my hog was rooting on further and further into the woods and so uh, finally we got to where we were really close and I shined the light where the noise was coming from and there's one of the biggest armadillos you ever saw <laughs> and just as we saw that armadillo my light goes bloop and it's out and there was no reviving it. And I had no batteries with me. There must not have been any moon that night because we were cast into total darkness. And here we were in the middle of the woods, I mean thick woods, 
that uh, we weren't on a path that we could even feel with our feet. We were just stuck there in the middle of the woods. And the only guidance that we had was Highway 59. Every now and then, a car would, would drive by, would ride by. And it was in the distance, but we could hear the sound that the car made. <coughs> and so we could follow the sound. If we went parallel to the sound, we knew we'd finally come back to the road that we'd got stepped off of. But so we had to just stumble in darkness out of the woods. If there was a mud puddle there, we stepped in it. And no telling what else was in that mud puddle with us. We stumbled and fell into uh, brambles. We uh, just uh, had to just feel our way out, literally, with just the guide of that sound. And uh, finally, we got back on the road, and uh, we went back to the uh, uh, place where my hog pen was, and my hog was waiting there to get back in the pen. She'd done her thing, and she was back. So, uh, but uh, that darkness, not knowing where, you know, not being able to see what the danger was. And we had a black panther that lived out there and followed around in the woods from time to time. We just, uh, you know, all sorts of danger all around us, and we couldn't see it. We just had a bit of a guide, which was the sound. And that's kind of the way that unsaved people go through life. Have you ever thought about that? They don't have the light of life and their conscience just gives them a dim idea of which way to go. But it's not clear. And so they stumble and they feel their way through the darkness. And it's into a world like that that Jesus came. And what Jesus brings is light. With, with light, we could see clearly. And with His light, we can see clearly. We can see God clearly. We can see ourselves clearly. We can see others clearly. We can see the world clearly. He helps to keep you on the right path and you can recognize the dangers and you can see how to get around them because of the light of life shining in your heart. He gives you confidence in where you're going. And uh, you don't have to worry about where you're going. Uh, you don't have to worry about the future. You hear all these people talk about, well, we're all trying to get to the same place, right, preacher? No, we're not. If you're the Lord's, you have a reservation. It's already been settled. He paid the price for your sins. Nothing you can add to it. Nothing you can take away from it. All you can do is receive it. And once you receive it, your reservation is confirmed. So, uh, he showed we, it's clear how we connect with the one who created us. It's clear what our purpose in life is. It's, there's no confusion about who He is. I mean, we have uh, people that are church leaders that don't even, can't even tell you who Jesus is. Well, let's face it, 
We have Supreme Court justices that can't tell you what a man or a woman is. We're just living in that sort of a time, right? But there's no confusion in him. No confusion about how to get to heaven. It's all clear because he has come and he's made it clear in his light. And so uh, what do we do? We walk in the light. The thing is, you don't begin to uh, experience walking in the light until you take the first step. There are a lot of people that stay in darkness knowing that he's the light. And we'll talk more about this in a moment. But I love what the old hymn says. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory The glory is a holy light. What a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Notice in the song, it says when we walk with the Lord. You've got to be moving forward. You've got to, in faith, take the steps. And I can tell you from experience, You can know the Bible backwards and forwards, but until you start applying it personally to your life, you're not going to understand what it's about. You've got to start taking the steps. And as you take the steps, then he comes to you and he helps you uh, to understand everything that's glorious. When you walk with the Lord, while we do his good will, he makes it clear what you're supposed to do. And yet, sometimes there's this thing in the back of our head that says, nah, he didn't mean that. That goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. All the way back there. Did the Lord really say so and so? Did he really say you couldn't eat from that tree? Well, if you eat from that tree, you'll not surely die. And yes, God said what he meant, and he meant what he said. So anyway, so uh, we start walking, we start doing, we have to take the step. Immediately you start taking the steps and what you know, then the light comes on and you see more and more. My daughter Amy uh, at one time worked in a, uh, a jewelry store that was a part of a huge Kroger's. And I loved going to pick her up at night and because at nighttime, they had the frozen food section fixed with sensors in the fro- uh, on the lights. So you'd look down and it'd be dark. But you'd take the first step into the aisle and the lights would start coming on in front of you. And while I was waiting, I just, I've always loved gadgets. I just bitly bop up and down the frozen food section about watching those lights go. And, uh, but that, that's the way it is in life. As we walk in what we know the Lord wants us to do, the lights come on in front of us. You're not going to see all the way to the other end, but you're going to see what you need to see right in front of you. And so uh, you take the steps, and He gives us light for now, and He shows us that that light is going to take us on into eternity. Another thing that we see in the Bible is that You have to get your own light. 
you're not going to get into a right relationship with the Lord by walking in somebody else's light. Now, I had a friend there with me that night whenever my flashlight went out. I sure wish he'd had a flashlight, but he didn't. He was walking in my light, and so when my light went out, his, he, he had no light. And so, uh, and uh, the scripture makes it clear, this is the parable of the ten virgins. Uh, five had oil for their lamp, they had light. Five of them wanted to share the oil. And they said, no, you've got to get your own. Makes it clear. So, uh, my forebears came to know the Lord and walked in the light. My foregreats-grandfather was a Methodist circuit rider. He wasn't a United Methodist circuit rider. Actually, he became a Methodist circuit rider back whenever it was still under the first name that came to the States, was formed in the States, that's the Methodist Episcopal Church. And then uh, he wound up being, before it was all over, a part of the Methodist Episcopal Church South after the churches split. And, and then uh, Methodists kept on up at our church to where we went through the, uh, it was back to the Methodist church again, and then uh, the Methodist Protestant, not, no, not Methodist Protestant, but then finally in 1968, the United Methodist Church. And so as we are uh, getting ready to change our name once more, we are still a part of the Methodist movement. And Methodism is a move of God. Uh, the exact title on the door doesn't make a difference. We're going to be Methodists, whether it says United, Global, or what. But the most important thing is, is that we follow and walk in the light that God has given us. And this is the point I want to make on all this, is God doesn't have any grandchildren. You're not going to get into heaven you're not going to get into the kingdom of God on your grandparents' uh, relationship with God. You're not going to get into heaven. You're not going to get into a right relationship with God through your good parents' relationship with God. If all God has is children. We all have to come to Him and walk in our own light. That's made clear in the Bible. But the moment that you see what He's done for you, and you receive it and start to walk in it. You have your life. Your life. And you walk forward in that light that he's given to you. That's light. Judgment. Jesus didn't come to judge. He makes it clear that he didn't come to judge the world. He, makes it, he came to save the world. He says that clearly. And uh, in the darkness... People that are walking in darkness, all they see Jesus as is a judge, really. In fact, uh, you may discover, if you do a lot of investigating, that I am a member of the Armadillo Cowboy uh, nightclub uh, in Pasadena, Palestine, Texas. And uh, the reason why is because uh, uh, a friend of mine and I got, I'm not going to give you all the details, we wound up uh, with a uh, a uh, church member. No, wait, she was just attending at that time. She wasn't a member. Anyway, she was attending church. Her husband, we, we got word that her husband left her and uh, while she was at work. 
and uh, she was really upset and talking about killing herself. And so we rushed 20 some odd miles from Jacksonville to Palestine to talk with her. And she was their favorite barmaid there at this Armadillo Cowboy. Now the Armadillo Cowboy, it, it was a very unique place. I mean, it was like bikers and biker cowboys. I mean, it was just, uh, and, and, uh, and hippie types. That's all that was in this place. I mean, they were rough and tumble oil worker types, you know, that uh, they dressed rather interestingly to say the least. But anyway, so we were there and uh, she came outside because it was a private club. So she came outside and uh, she was yelling about how she knew where her husband was and that uh, uh, she knew where this trailer was that he was and she had a deer rifle in the back of in her trunk and she was going to take that deer rifle and drive out there where he was, fill that trailer full of holes with that deer rifle and then go wrap her car around a tree. And uh, so I'm there trying to uh, uh, talk to her uh, and uh, and my friend was there and for some reason he had some sort of malady. It was probably kind of cold, but he was just shaking like crazy. He looked kind of like Don, Don Knotts, but then he was there just shaking like this. And uh, so uh, these friends, they see, they see these two guys in coats and ties and suits. I guess we look like government men or something to them. They see their friend screaming and yelling at us. And so they thought that we must be hassling her. And so these guys, in a very protective mode, would come over and say, is everything okay here? And she'd stop her yelling and all of a oh, this is my pastor and this is a, a friend of our family and yada, yada, yada. Oh, okay, everything's cool. They'd walk off. I'm in the car. And she'd just go back into her tirade again. And so uh, at one point in our conversation, I said, you know it's not going to please the Lord for you to handle things like this. And she said, you talk about Jesus, I know you're Jesus. I know what He's like. He hangs there on that cross and judges everybody. Well, I'm going to come back to that. But ultimately, we, went, we, got to go, we had to go inside because my friend was so cold and all. And we couldn't come inside unless we joined the club. And so that's why my name's there. But uh, anyway, so we got the thing taken care of. And I'll, there's more to the story, but we'll stop there. Because the point of the whole thing that I'm trying to get across right now is the fact that if she walked in darkness, she just saw Jesus as a judge. His hanging there on the cross was judgment. She couldn't see the tender side of God loving us there on that cross. And so when you walk in darkness, but Jesus makes it clear. Listen what he says in verse 47 of the passage we read today. If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. 
the word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. Jesus has come to show us the way out of the darkness, not to condemn us to the darkness. And that brings us to the darkness and how dreadful it is. In John 12:46 it says, "I have come as light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me, in me, will not remain in darkness." Now, when we first moved to Marshall, you need to know that uh, I served in Marshall for nine years. And they have about the nicest parsonage in the whole Texas Annual Conference. It was like a compound. I mean, you had a nice ranch-style house sitting on three acres. And then in the back, across the back, you had a beautiful veranda. Beyond that, a large swimming pool and beyond that on the other side of that was a two-bedroom guest house and this was a uh, fenced in the back was fenced in so you had a privacy fence around so it was all a nice compound there and then of course there was a potting shed out to one side outside the inside area there and so I was feeling pretty good getting to live in the best parsonage in the annual conference at I got up that first morning, and there were just so many gidgy gadgets in that house. I, we were, we were that first night. We prayed for like a lightning storm at our house, and we were finding out what all these lights did. But anyway, we uh, wound up. Uh, I, I got up early that morning, and uh, I looked out the glass wall across the back of the den, and uh, just stepped up there with my cup of coffee to just uh, survey my realm. And I looked, and there in the pool was a pretty good-sized black dog just swimming around in the pool. And I thought, I guess he's a neighborhood dog, just comes here to take a dip every morning, you know. So I stepped outside just to watch the dog. I figured I'd beat my first neighbors. And uh, the dog swam around and swam around, and then it tried to get out. And it couldn't get out where it was, so it swam us. And the next thing you know, you can tell this dog is swimming around this pool in terror. I didn't know that black dogs could actually have white on the outside of their eyes. This dog's eyeballs were so big, you could see the white on the outside of its eyes as it was trying desperately to get out of the pool. And it was starting to get weak from trying. And so I thought, I've got to help this dog. This dog's in trouble. And so I went and, uh, uh, and tried to reach down, and the dog snapped at me. And uh, the dog didn't know me from Adam. The dog was in trouble, but he didn't know that I was there to help. And so every time I tried to help, he would try to bite me. Finally, I was able to take a a people hook that we had, and whenever the dog was scrambling to get out, I was able to slide that under and give it a boost out, and the dog lived. And, you know, I'd like to say it turned and said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, can we be friends? Instead, it ran off barking and fussing at me and still didn't like me at all. Well, 
Jesus has done that for a lot of people, you know. He's helped them out. They were in a dark spot. And He paid the price for their sin. And every one of us has been in the darkness. And we have needed some help because there's no way we could get out of the darkness of our own. The darkness and the bleakness that that dog was experiencing during those moments pretty well is the way I was feeling at one point in my life whenever I cried out to Jesus and said, Jesus, save me. And He did. And it should be the same with each one of you because we've all been in that darkness groping around and not having the light of life. But the moment we cry out to Him, and are willing to do what we know He wants us to do. He comes. He's there. Well, what Jesus did for us is like whenever I reached down for that dog and He snapped. When He reached down for us, we tried to chew His hand off, didn't we? But He went ahead and saved us anyway. While we were yet in our sins, Christ died for the ungodly. And that's what we remember this morning as we come to this table is that uh, Christ died for each one of us. He died for each one of those that's gone on before us and have come to know Him as Lord and Savior. And so we gather here at this table and we are connected with all those by the light of life who have gone before us. All of those that have gone before us and we ourselves, there's going to come a time when we're going to be standing before the Lord and we're going to be so glad that we listened to what He had to say. There are going to be others, sad to say, who are going to be thinking, I sure wish I had listened. And we all know those that haven't heard yet. And it's our job as we move forward to do just like those that came before us. And that is to live our lives in such a way that it's a testimony to the light that's in our lives. People aren't going to come to know Him by our fussing at them, by our telling them how bad they are, they're going to come to know Him by seeing how much we love Him and seeing how much we love them and seeing what a difference He makes in our life and hearing us as we talk about what a difference He makes in our life. So as we move on, let's make sure that we are those who are not leaving behind any that are going to be standing before the throne and saying, I wish that I'd listened. Let's make sure that we have been that bright light and let His light shine through us so that they can listen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.